Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Kurt Schilling Baseball Show, episode 5-0. Bill, John, episode 50, guys. Who would have thought it way back in February? It, You know what? Honestly, though, it's flown by. It really it has. has. It has flown by, and it's been uh, – uh, I kind of look forward to hanging out with you two every week, although my office is undergoing renovations right now, and it's just – chaos in here you know what we're going to start off episode 50 with something i've never seen before uh i've never even been around it before i've been around hot streaks i've been around hot players i have never seen a hitter get 17 hits in four games that's four four hit games with a a single thrown in on the side somewhere i don't even know eight he was (laughs) so we're in uh mid to late august and this is the time, the Dennis Green time. You are what your numbers say you are. And <laughs> to raise your average 22 points in a four-game stretch in August means you probably just got called up. Julio Rodriguez of the Mariners went 17 for 21, raised his average from 256 to 278, probably won a crap ton of guys the week in fantasy baseball. And the Mariners are 14-3 and in their last 17. They're a half game behind the Astros for the second AL wildcard spot. They maintain a half game lead over the Blue Jays for third. That was as of Monday. I don't even know what to say. I've never seen anything like it. And, John, the question you asked, are we going to see more stories like this? No. No, we're not. This is is the unicorn. Uh, And this kid is a unicorn, honestly. He's, uh, you know, I I think he was my pick to win the home run derby this year, and I think he hit like 41 in a round. He's a special player. He's a special player because only special players do things like that. The record was set of 16 was set in 1925 by Milt Stock. So that doesn't count uh, of the Brooklyn Robins, which definitely doesn't count because that's a horrific team name who uh, had four consecutive four hit games. Rodriguez broke that record. So it, it's I mean, he just did. something. you know, Bill, the, the thing I've, I've said time and time again, anytime you talk about a a century, century and a half old sport, and something happens for the first time, you're seeing something unthinkable. Well, Uh, and we talked about 30-30 guys, Kurt. He now has 21 home runs and 33 stolen bases on the year already. Yeah, he's a special player. He's a very special player. And the 21 home run, to get to 30, he's got probably as much power as anybody in the game, just raw power. But my goodness, I, I, I don't even, you know, and like I said, you're seeing the, you know, I always played with guys who talked about it was West Chamberlain in Philly. If the guy got hot, he could carry a team for a series. But carrying a team for a series is like going nine for 18 with two homers. It's not going 17 for 21. Uh, you Seattle fans need to take that in and appreciate that for what it, I know you will. I got your good group of fans. But that came amidst the weekend of sweeps. Mariners swept the Astros, which is no small thing. Uh, to extend their streak to six at the end of the weekend, put them in the final wild card spot. Toronto falls a half game out. The Rangers had a chance to uh, to get after it and 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 separate. Uh, instead, got swept by the Brewers. Still lead the West by two and a half over Houston, and but three of the Mariners. It's now a race, even though Anaheim's nowhere to be seen in it. A little lighter news: the O's swept the A's, which everybody is doing, but the O's are winning as good teams should. Uh, they're three and a, three games up over Tampa coming out of Sunday. Kyle Bradish went six, gave up two hits, a walk, struck out eight, dropped his ERA to 303, starting to probably make a case to be a game one starter in the postseason. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, Kurt. He he is looking more and more like the ace of that staff. Right. And one of the things that uh, you benefit from 
in a situation like Baltimore's in is you get a chance to see your young pitchers and how they're going to react to pressure. You know, they're in a pennant race. Every game is meaningful. The stadium's full, home and road for the most part. How are they going to react? Uh, he's reacting how you'd hope. And I've learned that just because it feels like a feel-good story doesn't mean it always plays out that way. But it feels good. And I'm so happy for that city. We've said it over and over again. Well, and we're 10 days away from September 1st. Yep. Those really important games are quickly approaching. Well, they're here. They're, they're here. here. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're here. Every time from here on to the end of the season, every time you see an, a divisional opponent that's with you or ahead of you, it's make or break because of the limited opportunities with the new schedule. We'll end on, sadly, uh, in New York. The Sox swept the Yankees in our 8-1 and one against them this year. Uh, Aaron Boone, after the game, said it all. They've kicked our ass. You know what? I'll say it, and you hear it here first, and I don't want to be first, but Aaron Boone's going to get fired, and that's going to suck because none of this is his fault. And every player in Yankee pinstripes, and these guys know Aaron, and I promise you they care very deeply about this guy. He's the kind of guy that warrants that kind of emotion. Every one of them should feel like crap because it's their fault he's going to get fired, period. You couldn't ask for a better, more calming influence. I guarantee you there's no panic in his voice. You know, Correct me if I'm wrong, but... As a player, it always felt like Yankee fans wanted to see panic when they were losing. They didn't just want to panic. They wanted the organization to panic, right? You you heard, I think, earlier, uh, what was it, last show, didn't we? John, we were talking about last show. Trade Judge, trade Cole, blow it up. And it's like, no, number one. And you almost can't, number two. So if you can't fire the players, and firing anybody else would be meaningless to the field uh, results, you got to fire the manager, the coaching staff. And unfortunately, I think that we're about to see that. And that's that sucks because it's not his fault. And I'm telling you, Yankee fans, you're going to regret this because he's going to go somewhere else and win a whole lot of games. This guy's as good as they come as a human being. And these players, you know, the part of me feels like there's a potential that they're trying too hard, pressing too much, because I, I think of them as some good guys as players, and they want to succeed for this guy. He's just that kind of guy. Well, and the interesting thing, Kurt, is they got three home against Washington, and then they go on a 10-game road swing. Yeah. That might be the best thing that happens to them. Of course, they're playing Tampa Bay, Detroit, and Houston, so right. they're right. going to be up against it. But right. 10 days on the road might be a good thing. Well, here's the problem. Unfortunately, the Yankee media travels. Yeah. And that's the that's the problem. I, I don't know that the players, it sucks to be booed, but also I think part of it is a motivator. Like as a good player, you get booed, you motivate and and fit and you will a way to figure it out and fix it. What I see, Stanton's hitting what, 199 yeah. as of yesterday with a 275 on base percentage, and he's making how much? Boone gets fired. It's 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 his fault. It's Stanton's fault. It's it's the player's fault. They're not playing. They they suck. They're playing bad, and like you said, they just got their asses kicked. They lost eight in a row, and this is a pretty impressive stat for the first time in twenty eight years. Now eight in a row is kind of tough to lose, but twenty eight years is a long time, and and you know that speaks to the sustained success, which we all know this country hates that they've endured. They are nine nine games behind Seattle. It doesn't matter. They're out. They they were out of the playoffs a long time ago. So they've lost eight straight. They were swept by Atlanta and Boston. Uh, which hurts. And and the Boston sweep just adds salt into that wound, right? I mean, if it was Minnesota, it wouldn't probably be as big a deal, but the media in New York sucks, and they're going to make it an even bigger deal. Uh, August 19th to the 26th of 1995, 
Buck Schultz was managing the team. They lost eight straight, fell to 53 and 58, then went 26 and seven to find a wild card spot. <laughs> they are in danger of, and again, only Yankee fans are so entitled, uh, ending their streak of 30 consecutive winning seasons. I would hazard to guess, and I'm, I'm spitballing, that might be the longest in sports, the big four. I'm having a hard time seeing that. I, I'm trying to think of another team that might have come close, and I'm right. not coming up with the it. Lakers, no. No. Dodgers, uh, no. Football. Uh, Patriots, no. I mean, since 2001 is when they were good. That's 22 years. They right. This was before that. I'd be curious to know. Get our stat guy, right. Johnny, we, on that. We'll Johnny work on team. that one. Yeah, but I, 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 that's going to be an interesting one because I remember like talking about the Canadians – for and the Celtics, right? They were dynasties. They went yeah. long periods of time, but thirty years, three decades—that's pretty amazing. And I didn't realize it was that long. By the way, that's nineteen ninety-three, right? Yeah, nineteen ninety-three—the year we went to the World Series against the Blue Jays was the last time they lost. That's yeah, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> and the fun stuff, Ellie De La Cruz. Went home-to-home in 15.3 seconds. That's the third fastest home-to-home time this season. But I promise you that's a world record for guys that are 6 feet 13 inches tall. And and I'm pretty sure outside of Cincinnati, I might need to say this. But if if you're in Cincinnati, I don't need to say this. That's a special, special, special talent. And a generational talent. Much like uh, uh, O'Neal Cruz in Pittsburgh, who can't wait for him to get back. Who's more exciting to watch? I'll ask you that, Bill. I, I can. Th- I mean, Otani's exciting to watch. Right. Trout's exciting to watch. Acuna's exciting to watch, but it's a different kind of exciting. Right. right. Acuna will steal three bases and hit a home run and look like a player to do those things. When you talk about six seven in baseball, a guy six foot seven doing all those things—that's not normal in, in a great way. And I think him and O'Neill in Pittsburgh. Uh, and there's a couple other prospects getting ready to come up. We talked about that the other day. Yeah, yeah. Um, the game, you know, it's funny in the same in the same broadcast we're talking about Jose Altuve at five three, and Dela Cruz at six seven. And one of the things I hope young players take from that is you can will things, you can become things that have that go against everybody else's expectations because. For the most part, as a society, we're visually we our visual our expectations are visual. We see a small guy and think no. We see a tall guy and think yes. You know, and it's 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 fascinating to see and fascinating to to think about that those two guys standing next to each other. Well, amazing. Uh, and I mentioned Altuve because he's up next. Uh, two thousand career hits, the fastest Houston Astro to two thousand career hits as an Astro. The only other guys that have done it as an Astro in an Astro uniform exclusively were Jeff Bagwell, uh, Craig Biggio. Had the honor of playing with both of them for a year and against them forever. Uh, Bags, 2,314 hits. Biggio, 3,060 hits. He did it in 1,631 games, which is the fastest ever and the third third most ever. Uh, 2017 American League MVP, um, two-time World Series champion, and probably, hopefully, I don't know, whether his Hall of Fame candidacy will be tarnished by the cheating scandal. I do remember the video of the shirt. Uh, I don't know if you remember the video, Bill, but the shirt where the jersey got torn off with the uh, microphone. Yeah. In my mind, he 
to some degree was part of it. Not really, don't really care other than to say, you know, if you're not going to take care of that World Series and that cheat when it happened, don't drag it out. The guy's had a phenomenal, he's, he's a Hall of Famer, was a Hall of Famer before that, and he's a Hall of Famer after it. Well, um, look at the Astros with and without him this year. He yeah. came back. He's now had a little over 200 at-bats. He's got nine home runs and 29 RBIs and 13 stolen bases, and his OPS is 949. Yeah, anytime you can divide your height, your OPS by your height, and get a number like 10, <laughs> that's, that's that's pretty impressive. But, yeah, he is. And, John, the question I think is legit. Is he a sure thing Hall of Famer? I say absolutely. Uh, he will suffer because Yankee writers who are vindictive and and have always used many of them have always used their their Hall of Fame ballots as a personal platform to make a statement. Uh, a la George King saying he didn't vote for Pedro Martinez for the MVP uh, because pitchers don't deserve to be voted for the MVP. Then he voted for Mariano Rivera the next year for the MVP. <laughs> so they are the worst of the worst. And that not all of them. There's a couple nice ones. Scooting on to Philly. And you know what? This is actually a cool little topic because I believe it. Uh, Trey Turner hit two home runs in the same inning. He became the sixth player to hit multiple home runs in an inning off the same pitcher. You either got a guy who's taking one for the team or a sucky bullpen. But he did it. Uh, sixth player ever since 1961. First to do it since David Ortiz in 2008. Third player in the expansion era to hit multiple home runs in the same inning versus a former team. The other two were A-Rod and Mike Cameron in 07 for A-Rod and, and uh, Cameron in 2002. Uh, I played with Billy Miller, who hit home runs from opposite side. Grand slams, I'm sorry. Grand slams from opposite sides of the plate. Uh, don't know that he did it in the same inning, but... Still, here's the relevant point to this. And this is how you know, Bill and John, and I tell you guys this often. We talk about this. The, these athletes are human beings in every sense of the word. And in many cases, they're uniquely different because we feed off of things that, that drive other people crazy or drive other people underground. That's the, the crowd, right? Uh, Trey Turner, got a, he was struggling. They were booing the hell out of him in Philly. On August 4th, his numbers were this, through 108 games. He's hitting 236 with a 289 on base percentage and a 656 OPS with 10 homers and 35 RBIs through 108 games. The Phillies crowd gives him a standing ovation, and it's not a coincidence, guys. To you fans out there, there are players who you can trigger uh, in a really good way. Since then, in the 14 games since then, 370, 414 on-base percentage, 1-1-1-7 OPS, four homers, 12 RBIs. Okay, not a coincidence. This game, every athlete, every athletic endeavor at this level is about confidence. It's all confidence. And there's a positive. And, and for anybody that's ever done sports psychology, uh, there's, a, there's a physical component to emotions. And by that, I mean your body releases different chemicals when you're happy, sad, depressed, pressured, uh, motivated, uh, all those things. And as an athlete, I, I can speak from personal experience. In October, I was a different human being and I felt different and my emotions were different and my adrenaline was different. And when I pitched in front of big crowds on the, when I pitched in Yankee Stadium, I was different. The crowds create those things home and away. Uh, I remember uh, in 1993 when we were playing the Braves in the playoffs. Terry, Mo we, the, this was the time of the politically incorrect tomahawk chop uh, that the Atlanta fans were doing. It's kind of when it started, and I remember they were doing that in Game Five, 
And Terry Mulholland told me before that game, he said, think about this, man. You have a chance to go out there and stop 45,000 people from talking and being emotional. It led to the 2001 quote when I said, or 2004, when I said, I can't think of anything more enjoyable than making 55,000 people from New York shut up. And that's a sign of respect, by the way, New York fans. Always, always was. But we feed off this stuff, man. The good players do anyway. Now, you'll have the guys who play with the chip on their shoulder. Nobody respects me. Nobody likes me. Barry Bonds, right? He played half his career thinking everybody hated him. And I think in many ways he played it truthfully. Uh, but I think that was all his own doing. But David Ortiz, look at David Ortiz in the clutch, on the road. Didn't matter. He lived for that ninth inning at bat with the tying run, with him being the tying run. His, you know, I always say that that pressure moment, it goes two ways. It either elevates you or or sinks you. It freezes you, paralyzes you, or it motivates you. And October successful players, it motivates. And sometimes motivation is just staying even. When everybody else is flying all over the place, you're just taking a breath and getting it done. And everybody else's sphincter is so tight, you couldn't pull a pin out of it with a tractor. That gives you the advantage. And that's a that's not a small thing. But those numbers, to you Philly fans, hats off. That's It's Trey. I mean, it goes back to the Aaron Boone thing. The player has to play. The player has to play. And, and, and I know you can't sit there and cheer a team. You know, the Yankee fans, if you suddenly start cheering your team, I'm not saying they'll go on a 12-game winning streak. You'll see different results. But you don't have any reason to cheer. So I don't blame you. But I promise you those things are, are impacting on the field. And then there's the unique guy who it never impacts, who just plays. A guy like Scott Rowland. I'm sure he fed off the fans, but Scott Rowland played the game one way and one way only. Cal Ripken, same way. Certainly, I'm sure they appreciated the fans, and they mot- but they didn't have a floor. Their floor, their, their lowest level of performance was still everything, all the time, everywhere. And those players are unique and different, and most of them have plaques in Cooperstown. So... You were in Philly a week ago. They're leading the wild card race. They're 13 and a half back of the Braves. So I don't think they're catching them. But no, they aren't. You got to figure that they're the favorite to hang on in the wild card. Yes. And they, they're, they're also like the Braves. They have a two headed monster that makes people worried. Nolan and Wheeler can take a series on their own. You know, they, I think it's one of the reasons early in the year when I saw Painter go down for the year that I was kind of hurt. Like that third guy, that third painters, the the definition of a swing and miss arm. Uh, Those guys are fun to see in October. Wheeler and Nola both are your swing and miss October guys. Now, again, I'm, I'm, if I'm throwing a five game series, I'm bringing one, one of them game one, game five. And the other one's throwing game two. Same thing. The Braves have with, with all Strider and all those guys. So if you're looking to October and you're a fan, look to your starting pitching that swing that has swing and miss stuff. Those are the guys that are going to get you through October. Pretty much the other guys aren't. They don't. That doesn't pan out. And uh, like I said, all you need to do, uh, again, three Hall of Famers, all three of them unbelievable. Look at the October numbers and the postseason numbers for John Schmoltz, Greg Maddox, and Tom Glavin. One of them was beyond belief in October, and the other two – were probably worse than they were during the regular season statistically because everything changes. Uh, and everybody in the bullpen now, you know, Bill, when you look at bullpens now, you know, we talked about you shorten your bullpen from seven guys to four uh, and everybody in the bullpen throws a hundred. So they're all swing and miss, but they're throwers. That's why you see late inning 
home runs, late inning rallies, because fewer pitchers coming out of bullpens are pitchers and they're more throwers, which means more walks and more home runs uh, eventually. And you're going to see that uh, with these bullpens. And it's also a reason why I think LA is, is so eager to get Bueller back because of who he is in October. And I just, I still think that would be a, a huge, huge mistake. So anyway, um, that's it uh, for show number 50. Uh, I, I'm just going to say thank you to Cal, John, and to you, Bill. Um, I've, I've enjoyed the hell out of it. I had fun. We've stayed, for the most part, 99.99% baseball. Um, and I think you and I mean, this basically is just me blabbing for 30 minutes. So, you know, I enjoy it. Well, it, uh, and it's me sitting on the other side of a computer screen, smiling the whole time listening. So, well, and I, like I said, I have no idea what the audience thinks or feels. I think we're doing very well. Um, but I think I'd like to think I, I present an angle that no one else does. Um, and, you know, cause I, you know, I think most of you listening to this show, you don't want to hear me tell you what Otani's numbers are. You can read those. I think you would rather hear me tell you what players think. And I got, obviously, I'm never speaking for all players. I'm not going to caveat all this stuff by saying I don't mean everybody because I don't. And a rational, normal thinking adult knows I don't. Um, but I also like the opportunity to potentially speak directly to players like the Yankee players who are going to be the reason Aaron Boone gets fired um, if, if and when that happens. Uh, and I'll be sad because, again, phenomenal human being. Uh, I, 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 I'm concerned. I don't want to see the same thing happen in New York with the Mets. Because I feel like I think Mr. Cohen is pretty rational. Uh, I mean, if you can spend three hundred fifty million dollars and be rational, okay. But uh, I'd like to think that there's no knee jerk. The knee jerk stuff, I, I get it, right? If uh, let's put it this way, Bill, if if pa- is it Pedro Griffal and the White Sox, mm-hmm. if they were to fire him after the year, I would kind of understand that, right? We brought him on too yeah. early. He didn't have any experience. Not and, and not a slight to him. It's not an easy thing to do, but managing in the big leagues is a is a personality contest as much now. But I could understand that because they underachieved and yeah, and some of the stuff that came out of that camp with players that left the club talking about it. And I get I, listen, players don't. Was it Middleton? Was that who it was? The yes. reliever? Yeah. Uh, the players came out after that and said, "Oh, that's not true." I promise you, all the things Middleton said is Kyle Middleton. I think it was. Yeah, he went to the Yanks. Right, they were true. They're true. Now, they may not be happening anymore, but they're 100% true. Um, And as a manager, you don't recover from that. And by that, I mean the players that see those things happen know that they can push. And you don't want – most of your players don't push, but the ones that do will. And then the ones that don't push will resent the players that do, and they'll fight, or they'll expect the manager to change things and make it not happen again, and they don't. And, and, you know, I I don't know Pedro as a guy. I, I He clearly is a phenomenal guy because he interviewed and got a head coaching job off of off of no minor league experience. Like, I, I, I could be mistaken, but I don't think he had a lot of minor league experience. No, no. Um, and it's the danger. You know, I'll, I'll go back to a guy who, who kicked it out of the park uh, or knocked it out of the park, Mike Matheny, um, who to me could manage anybody, anywhere, anytime. Uh, is the kind of guy that you want as a first-time manager. Morals, integrity, ethics, honor, all the things you want your players to embody is at the core of who Mike Matheny is, and he holds his players accountable, and nothing more. 
And as a manager, that's all you can do. So anyway, uh, rambled about that. But uh, it's been an incredibly fun 50 shows, guys. And I'm looking forward to to expanding. I know we have a new booker, so we're going to be getting some interviews of some pretty amazing people. Um, and, uh, uh, well, and the season's going to go on. And then, uh, you know, I, I'm curious. You know, I want to put a feeler out there too, Bill. I'd like to know from the fans what they'd like to see from us in the winter. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know that we we warrant or merit a weekly show. Maybe we do. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but but I certainly, obviously, around the winter meetings and all the things that go yeah, with that. all of those season. Maybe some specials throughout, yeah. based on yeah. certain things. interviews, exactly and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'd be curious to the people that follow the show uh, what they want. So, listen, uh, anywhere you guys get podcasts, we we'd prefer outkick.com. Uh, up in the right hand corner are the. Uh, Shows, click on the tab, drop down. You'll find all the podcasts. Dan Dockich uh, and uh, Clay Travis and uh, everybody that does. And there's exceptionally good podcasts to be done. And I just forgot her name. Our girl. Tommy Lauren. Tommy Lauren. Uh, she's awesome. They're all awesome. But you can find them on outkick.com. Anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, you can find us. Um, we always benefit and enjoy you guys spreading the word. Um, and uh, I've actually heard from quite a few people, Bill, and it's actually made me feel good, who who I don't really know or I ran into over the last couple of weeks traveling, who have made mention of the fact that they listen. And I, 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 it's a very broad, diverse group of people, which makes me feel good and think that maybe we are reaching a pretty decent group of people. Anyway, that's it. I'll catch you guys on Friday. John, Bill, Cal, have a great week.